Well, good morning, everyone. It's a great joy to have you here with us, particularly if you're visiting Canterbury Gardens. A very special welcome to you. Uh, This morning, uh, I just want to leave a short reflection for you. uh, And it's from the Bible. If you are someone who hasn't been to church service for a little while, and uh, maybe you're just here to support your friend, making sure they haven't joined some weird cult, um, most of us are normal. And... uh, This is a time in our worship where we open God's word. For us as followers of Jesus, God's word, the Bible is more than a book. It's like we're about to hear his audible audible voice. So if you're someone who's a follower of Jesus, if you could turn to Acts chapter 8, and we're just going to briefly look at verses 26 to 40. Here is God's word. This is a true account, a true story found in God's word. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He'd come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep who was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In this humiliation, justice was denied. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Astos as he passed through and preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Lord Jesus, we pray now that you would cause our hearts to hear what's on your heart for us. Whether we are followers of Jesus, whether we are on that journey of exploring, or we might be completely apathetic to you. Holy Spirit, would you reveal these words? Change our hearts as we've heard stories of five people whose hearts have been changed. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Two things I want to leave with you this morning. Two questions I want to ask you. One, do you understand? And secondly, what's preventing you? The true story that we have in front of us actually happened. It's not made up. The story is quite uh, revealing, but it's also countercultural in the way that you and I may consider and think. Uh, there's a movie called The Great Showman, or The Greatest Showman. How many of you have seen that? It's okay, great. There's a song that comes in there by a lady by the name of Kesha. And the song goes like this, I'm not a stranger to the dark, hide away, they say, cause we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, going to drown them out. I'm brave, I'm bruised. I'm who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out. 
Cause here I come, marching on the beat, I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apology, this is me. Oh, okay, that'll do. (laughs) You're glad that I did not sing that to you. See, in our culture, the idea of being restricted, being stopped, is not what we used to. This song is a powerful song. It is a powerful song. And the lady who's singing it, Kesha, particularly if you hear about her life, it adds more meaning to it. But ultimately what she's saying, no restrictions, no preventions, all the scars and all the things that are going on in our life are kind of a way of boasting. But the true story that we are looking at is quite confronting because I want you to imagine for a moment if the five people who just shared their testimony, if they just shared their story and I come up now and say to all of them, hey, that was wonderful, thank you for sharing. But as you've been sharing, the leadership team have been on your Snapchat account, your Facebook account, we've pulled up your emails, and we've decided that you're not allowed to get baptized today. Some of us might go, what do you mean? We might not think that is a very good idea. To some extent, we would say to them, hey, look... We know that you're on a journey, so you're not quite there yet. So we want you to come on our Sunday services, but look, uh, we want you to wait outside, outside of the building. We're happy for you to come to Bible studies, but look, you don't quite make the mark. You haven't done enough in your week this week as a follower of Jesus, so maybe you should sit outside the room. We do still want your tithes, though, um, but please don't do it physically, do it online. But ultimately what we're saying in many ways to you is, listen, you're prevented, you're restricted to be part of this community, part of this fellowship. Now, I wonder how our friends would feel if I said that. I would hope I would lose my job today, and rightly so. The story that we have is of a man who understands what it means to be prevented, to be restricted, not to be allowed to a particular place. This man is a ruler, he's a treasurer, he has certain responsibilities, significant responsibility. Potentially he's the financial controller of this queen that's in Egypt. But what we know about him is the passage I just read to you, he's a religious man. He believes in the God that the Jews worship. The language the Bible uses is a God-fearer, but he's also physically a eunuch. This is a man that has been prevented because of his choice. Whether it was forced, either way, he's prevented to enter the temple or the place of worship. It's like him coming to our service today and we've been told him, thank you, but you're not allowed to come inside. It's almost like he could get so close to something, he could see the site, he could see the building. He might even smell the incense and the sacrifices and things that are going on, but he's been told he's not allowed to enter. In particular, he's restricted from the very presence of God. The story that we have, the true story, is a wonderful picture of a glorious, wonderful, gracious God chasing after someone. And he uses this guy, Philip, a follower of Jesus, to meet this man who happens to be reading the Bible of the time, the Old Testament, out loud. And so the Holy Spirit says to him, hey, Philip, go over to that chariot. 
and he hears him reading. In verse 30, Philip goes up and says, Hey, do you understand what you're reading? And so the eunuch responds to him, How can I? How can I understand? Unless someone is willing to guide me. Friends, do you understand? This morning we have five people who shared with you the common story of God's grace, their desire to be obedient to him, his constant pursuit of them, whether in the silence or through community or friends. But what they began to understand was not something about someone about someone. And who is that someone? We've been shown here in verses 32 to 33. This eunuch is reading, and he's reading a particular passage of the Old Testament, in a book called Isaiah, and he says, Like sheep who was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth in his humiliation. Justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch turns around to Philip and says, hey, mate, who's, who's this guy? Who's this person that this passage we're reading about? Is it about the author who wrote this or is it about somebody else coming along? And Philip guides him and tells him that this passage is about someone. This passage is not about the author who wrote Isaiah, but about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who was slaughtered. Jesus is the one who was humiliated. And justice, the one who is innocent, justice was denied to him. Jesus is the one whose life was taken away. It's like Saint Philip is saying to this eunuch, my friend, but I've got good news for you. It doesn't end there. I'm here to tell you the good news. That the creator of the universe has made it possible for you to be in relationship with him because this very Jesus has been raised again on the third day. That you're no longer, my friend, this eunuch, outside or prevented to come into the presence of God. That this Savior, Jesus Christ himself, was mutilated on your behalf. The one who was killed and he was sent out to the city walls to be murdered as a common criminal, an outcast. So that you could become whole in him. It's actually fascinating in the passage that this man would have been reading from Isaiah. A few chapters afterwards, there's this powerful statement up here on the screen. Isaiah says, Let the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry tree. For says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me, and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument, a name, better than sons and daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name. This shall not be cut off. The eunuch has now, this wonderful story of God has been displayed in this moment. He's no longer on the outside. Not only that, he's been given a name that is better than a son and a daughter, but an everlasting name. This is absolutely powerful for that moment. My friends, this is the story of God. This is the grace of God. A man who was prevented access to the presence of God because of his ethnic background, because of his physical definition, now has been given a name that gives him full access to the creator of the universe. A name that cannot be cut off. 
Christian friends, followers of Jesus, this is the grace of God, our Savior. This is the goodness of God. That you and I have been given an identity. The friends who testified this morning, they know that they've been given a new identity. Do you remember this? Do you know this? Do you still savor this? And friends, there are some of us here that's a reminder to, to you and I, this story reminds you and I, that the good news of Jesus is about a sacrificial saviour who's done the work. That means going to church does not save you. Neither does have a religious background. Neither your ethnic background or family background or just even being a good person. As we were reminded today, just because they're getting baptised doesn't mean they're, gonna, they're not saved. It's before that they give their life in faith. It's God's grace shown to you and I in His Son, the Lord Jesus. Do you understand this? And friends, if you're someone who's skeptical, doubtful, unsure, this morning I want to plead with you that there is a Savior who entered into this world, who entered this world to bring you relationship with the Creator of the universe. The Savior on your behalf was willing to face injustice and even death because of you and me. Because of your sin and my sin that ultimately says to God, I will be my own boss, I will be my own king, I do not need you in charge of my life. But God sends his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And I pray the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you this morning through the testimonies, through the songs, and through God's word. I pray that God will reveal his good news to you. Maybe you need to talk to someone this morning. A friend who brought you along to the service. Talk to the five people who share their story. And say, hey, help me understand. Help me understand. And friends, there are some of us here who are sitting in our seats, who believe in this Jesus, who believe in this good news, but somehow you've fallen in the trap thinking that you need to get to, as we mentioned already, to some super level Christian level. There is someone who's met that. His name is Jesus. There's nothing you can do more. So if you're someone who hasn't been baptized in obedience to Jesus, the question to you is what prevents you from being baptized. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, that you confess in your heart, and that you believe he was raised again from the dead, the scripture says very clearly in Romans, that's it. That's the qualifier. If that's you, can I encourage you to come and chat to us? We'd love to organize another baptism service. What's preventing you? Christ has opened the way. The work has been done. If you have faith in him, be obedient to him. And finally, there are friends of ours. Some of you are preventing others by putting a bunch of rules and regulations that ultimately is preventing them to know this Jesus. Let me remind you that there was a savior who sacrificed on your behalf and my behalf. You can rest in his grace. So rest in Jesus and his finished work. But please, can I encourage you to extend that grace to those that God has placed in your life? Tim, Jason, Melissa, Nathaniel, and Elia, we praise God as your church family. We praise Him for what He's done in your life 
it's going to continue to do in your life. The message of the good news has now has already been given to you and you have a job ahead of you. You've been sent on his behalf to represent him. He has called you to share this good news and to show this good news because there are others who need understanding. So go in the power of the Spirit. Walk in the power of the Spirit and share Christ with them. Rachel Reed already shared this for Melissa. And us as a church family pray this for all of you this morning. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we bow at your throne. We bow as your servants that you would strengthen our brothers and sisters who are taking the step of obedience to you today through your power in their inner being, through your spirit. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would dull in their hearts, that they'll be rooted and grounded in love so they may comprehend with all the saints what is, your, what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of you, Lord Jesus that surpasses all knowledge, that they may be filled with the fullness of you. Oh, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power and work at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.